What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com coming back with another episode of the RMR podcast today, joined by special guest Lindsay Roberts, Senior Vice President of Lyft. How are you doing today, Lindsay? Great. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, about ready to get, get into this conversation, talk about, you know, cannabis events kind of all over North America. Um, but before we get too much into Lyft and, and you know, we're taking a little, a little bit personal potentially i start off every guest with the singular question their origin story with cannabis so just curious when you and cannabis whether it's personal professional or a mix of both when when you and cannabis kind of began your relationship with one another definitely not professional um can we go back to like southwest missouri in the mid 90s oh yeah that was it yeah so definitely um Personal, really small town, um, Southwest Missouri, a uh, pretty conservative area and cannabis. It was like the devil's lettuce. Um, nobody was doing it. And that just made me more curious and more curious. So I was pretty young. Is it okay to say that here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably 14 um, with my first cannabis experience. And then obviously I'm not 14 anymore. So it's evolved a lot over the years, but maybe, I don't know, like a year and a half ago was the first time where I was able to kind of merge my personal life with my professional life, which growing up in Southwest Missouri and living in Texas, I literally thought would never in a lifetime ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, no, I appreciate you sharing. That's, it's honestly not uncommon from the 14 to 16 range. I feel like is when the majority of guests and myself included, uh, you know, first started partaking, but I always ask that questions for two reasons. One, you know, every now and then you get someone out, out an outlier of that 14 to 16 range, uh, that, that has a, you know, a very unique perspective on it. But I also just like asking it. because I think it just helps break the stigma. We're in this industry, um, that sometimes, you know, we talk so much about business, especially in the B2B space, so much about business and money and things like that. And there's not always a lot of focus on the plant, which is the root of why there is business, why there's investment, why there's anything there is because there's a plant and people choose to consume it, whether medically or recreationally. So I just love to get everyone's perspective on that and peel back those layers first off. Yep. Spot on. That is the only reason I am in the job I am in right now. And I guess the profession profession I'm in right now um, was that experience back at 14 years old and throughout the last, I won't say how many years, but quite some time. And so coming from Missouri and then obviously Texas, right, that area, like you just mentioned, you know, obviously Missouri just went wrecked this last year and has, you know, become a champion for the cannabis industry as of late, but previous to that, not so much. Texas is still one of the poster childs for you know, potentially one of the longest standing states to put off yeah. recreational cannabis. Um, did you move to a state where cannabis was a little bit more uh, um, just free or open or access, had a medical market or a more existing market before you got in the industry? Or you kind of came straight straight from the Bible? No. no, I mean, sorry, Missouri people, if you're listening, but if you grew up in Southwest Missouri, your primary goal is to get out as soon as you possibly can. So I headed to, you can drive, I headed south to Dallas at maybe 21 years old. And I was in a region where I thought in my lifetime, I wouldn't see legal recreational cannabis, not in Missouri and not in Texas. So it was like more 
more of the same. And you're resourceful when you're living in these kind of areas, you know? So that was my primary concern was getting out of Southwest Missouri. And then it legalizes uh, how many ever years <laughs> later, which is crazy. Uh, at, at what point did you want to get into the industry or found your way into the industry? Um, okay, so this is an interesting story. Or, you know what? I think it's an interesting story. I have done events my entire career since I was in college. One of those kind of side jobs that I thought this will help me pay my way through school. And then, you know, 20 something years later, I'm still doing it. So I had worked for the same company, a large event organizer for about 20 years. And I had a really cool friend and industry industry peer that I'd worked with for about a decade. And he kept trying to get me, he had left this company and he kept trying to get me to come over, come over, follow me, come here. I've got a really cool gig for you. And I always said no, because I loved my job. And he called me about a year and a half ago. And he was like, I finally got it. I got one. I was like, I love my job. I'm not leaving. He was like, I have cannabis events. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm in. Where do I sign up? Like, how do we do this? So I've been serving the event space, but that's one thing. Like doing events is an industry in its own and I love it. But if you're going to do an event, you want to do it for something that you're interested in or you're passionate about. And the only other thing, like a music festival would have been the only other thing that would have got me to leave this gig. So I'm like, I know how to do events. I'm good at it. I love it. And now I get to be a part of a really cool community. So it's like kind of, you get to play while you work, work while you play. Absolutely. And that's you know, something I explain to a lot of my friends that that aren't in the industry that, um, and I've said on this podcast a couple of times that, that the cannabis industry directly aligns with people, a lot of people's passion and purpose, whereas tech or other spaces, right? Music is one of those that fits that same, that same lane, but a lot of just general jobs in, in other industries, right? Like there's no passion and purpose is missing for the vast majority. There's obviously some people that no matter what it is, they're going to be passionate about whatever they're doing. But in cannabis, it's like the vast majority of people are directly tied to that. So there is this sense of community and just, I don't know, positive. There's a lot of hugs at cannabis events, you know, even the B2B stuff versus, yeah. you know, other things, right? It is a, a very unique thing. And, in, in, uh, you know, I think probably like yourself, you know, I feel very spoiled to be in it. I do too. When I tell people what I do for a living, it's like, I get that you're shitting me. Like you're kidding me. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. That's, that's what I do for a living. And so at, at, at this point, you know, Lyft, we were talking about a little bit Well, before that, what, what's the, the history of, 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 of Lyft events? Cause there's something I know that they got put on my radar throwing events in Canada, but you guys have been breaking, you know, been breaking into the U S market over the last couple of years. So give me, give me kind of the, the rundown and, and where we're at right now. Yeah. So, I mean, Lyft was going on, I guess, informally, probably well before legalization. It was like a meeting of the cannabis community, like minds, people that wanted to get together, talk about the future, talk about cannabis. And at one point they got so many people together. It's like, whoa, they look around and it's an official event. I think around 2016, like a true, not just people gathering in like a warehouse talking, but like business starting to happen and networking and engagement and, you know, brands and all of that fun stuff. So 2016, it was Canada's first um, cannabis community gathering. And then it's evolved since then as the industry has evolved in crazy ways since then into the iteration it is today in 2023. So Vancouver, we do shows kind of serving the West Coast. Uh, Toronto, and then a little dip in our toes into the U.S. Um, here in a 
few months in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. So, so three shows this year. I, I sadly I missed. You know, Vancouver's not too far for me, but I, 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 I was one of the events. I was very sad that I had to miss um, because I could have drove to it. There's not many cannabis industry events I want to go to that I could also don't have to fly to and like coordinate all this travel. Um, but and Toronto, it's Toronto, it's Vancouver. Like, God, if you're gonna go anywhere, I'm obsessed with. Vancouver, oh. the West Coast vibe there in Canada and cannabis was like, I had not experienced that before. So I know we're going to talk about Toronto, but Vancouver was a really, really cool event. No one had done a show there for three years. Um, so, you, I mean, you, you should have, could have. I, I know next next year it's got to be on there. That's why I love my wife and I we used to go up there for the weekend to hang out. And then as a younger kid, um, you know, I never had problem getting access to cannabis wherever I was at, but I'll always say when we used to drive up to, you know, go snowboarding or just go up there and, and mess around because the drinking age was 19, right? So we'd uh -huh. go up there in college and, and just had fun. Uh, but it was always a place where one of the few places where we just get on the street and just start asking random people for weed. And it was like super easy to find really good weed at a good price. BC and so bud. I, I got a special love for Vancouver. BC, BC bud. I do too. Don't tell. Don't tell the other side of the country that's probably listening right now. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm sure it rains true in Canada. I'm not as aware. Again, I, I spent time buying weed on the street and then I used to shop at some of the medical markets. I've yet to shop at an actual recreational dispensary in Canada. Um, yeah, it's I just haven't really been up there since legalization. Yeah. And I, I don't know. But again, back in the day, the medical shops, I, I remember I used to be scared. All the signs said you need two forms of Canadian ID and you're. And but you'd walk in there, they'd serve you if you had a U.S. driver's license. They did not. Yeah, not going. now. Imagine a Texas up there in dispensaries, walking in legal, everything <laughs> packaged, talking about it, asking questions. Yeah, it's it's I uh, you know, but I get I get my you know I get my dose of recreation in my, in my own backyard, just a little bit north of BC. But it's it's a special spot. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm I'm sure Canada, much like the U.S., I always say the best weed comes from states that touch the Pacific Ocean. So I'm sure BC probably, you know, they're not a state province. I'm sure that yep. that probably reigns true. Yeah, um, you said it, not me. Hey, I'll, I'll stand on. There's good weed everywhere. I'll say there's good weed everywhere, but the best weed comes from from areas that touch the Pacific Ocean, man. I I I, I don't make the rules. I'm just calling it how I see it. You stand by <laughs> that, okay? I like it. Uh, but you guys just had the Toronto yeah. event this uh, uh, you know week ago. Um, how did that go? And and, and what did you guys? What was kind of the the makeup of the attendance there? Did you get uh, some U.S. people coming over from New York, yeah. or was it a lot of Canadians, or what that looked like? Primarily Canadian, um, but pulled even from Europe, definitely from the U.S., some from the Europe. We had some speakers coming in from out of country. It was a great event. I mean, I'm just going to say it, like cannabis in Canada, it's, it's rough right now. It's really, really hard. And I think I know what the lift events were like when the industry was on fire and they're cool and they're big and there's a lot of money in the industry. But I do think now when it's this hard, I think these events are needed more than ever. Like if you're in a tough market or you're like trying to figure out how you make it over the next six to 12 months, it's really nice to be with your peers, like to tell those stories, talk about the kind of the war stories and some of the the rough stuff, but I also heard a lot of people sharing advice and saying, hey, here's what we've done over the last 12 months, and here's what we're going to do over the next 12 months, and it's like survival of the 
fittest. So the people that are there are super engaged. They care about their business. They want to learn and they want to figure out how they ride this out until kind of the industry's right sized a little bit and things get a little bit cleaner. So going into it, you're like reminded about the state of the industry, but leaving for me, and I think for a lot of other people, you feel hopeful, you feel refreshed, you know, you're not in it alone. And it was a really good, it was a really good vibe. People were networking, they were laughing, they were talking, they were smoking, they were consuming, learning. It was a great event. Um, a ton of bud tenders. It was the biggest bud tender audience I think we've seen at any lift event, which I love. Um, we love our bud tenders, our VIBs, we call them very important bud tenders. Um, lots of retailers. Lots of consultants, consumers, B2B people, um, some legislators. So across across the board. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and I can echo what you're feeling. I mean, the industry everywhere is in a dip. You know, the entire economy, global economy, right now is in a little bit of a dip. Um, so you know, times are a little bit different than a couple of years ago, coming out of record-breaking sales for the industry, and but you know, money being at the cheapest it's mm -hmm. ever been, and. And everybody, you know, it, it was out there, but I, I, I feel that I, I definitely think going into some of these events that I've been to stateside, I, I, even if it's a little bit more toned down than the last couple of years, I don't I don't really sense desperation. I just, de you know, I sense people just trying to make things happen. And like what you said, going to an event, being able to share in that that community with individuals and, and learn and be inspired is one thing. But I also think like, you know, getting out of your usual environment and then even yeah. mingling with people that is maybe in somewhat of a circle back home, but in a new environment can just breed the ability to kick out new ideas and, and, you know, generate yeah. something like that to like make, make it happen. Head heads down right now. And I love it. I mean, people were celebrating, but they were celebrating for a totally different reason than maybe they were three or four years ago. And it seemed a bit more authentic. Like, I don't know. It was just a totally, it's a different vibe. And while it's tough, like, I think people left feeling pretty good, like motivated for at least a few more months, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for the format of the show, I know it's, you know, you guys do multiple day events and kind of tier some of the days are more strictly industry. Some of them are, are centered around bud centers and consumers. What, what does that format look like across the, the three days? Yeah, we started on Thursday with the Lyft Cannabis Business Conference. It's like all about content and networking. It's the only thing going on that day. Pretty serious crowd, um, a lot of C-suite, but just excellent, excellent content, thinking about the global marketplace, what's going on in the States, and then like the future outlook. That's what everyone wants to know, right? Like, what are the next 12 to 18 months going to look like? And they say this, and then 12 to 18 months from now, they're going to say, the same thing. Um, so that's Wednesday, lots of content, tons of networking, um, reception, just people kind of gathering, talking about the day. Um, and then we move into Thursday and Friday. And if, it's really for everyone. We say Saturday's consumer day, but like whenever you come down, you're welcome at the show. Bud tenders are welcome both days. Um, so it's Thursday, 11 to 5, both days. All sorts of fun, cool things on the show floor, a ton of content. We've got a stage. We have two other small content areas. It's open to everyone. We had a really cool area we called the Diners Club that was all about infused food and beverage and like cooking demos and then just lots of fun little areas. It's a B2B event with a consumer element and like there has to be serious business done, but we want to have a little bit of fun while we're doing it. We have a play area there. Um, 
bud tender lounge, networking lounge, um, just all sorts of things to do. And then Saturday we close at five and that's the after party after that. So everyone gets to not talk about business. They still talk about cannabis, but they yeah, don't yeah. talk about business for at least a few hours. Um, it was really close to the convention center at Steam Whistle, beautiful weather, huge outdoor patio, which shockingly, that's where everyone was at, nobody inside. And it was just really a great way to end kind of those three days. So yeah, that's kind of the overall format. Yeah, I love that. And, and then the patio, right? The, the the real cannabis events, you know, nobody's inside. They're all where they can where they, no, where they can I consume know. at. Um, how does what what kind of work goes into balancing, right? Because obviously, putting on events, like you said, you've been doing this a long time. So mm -hmm. I know for you, it's probably like a playbook that that you've ran a lot of times. But it is a difficult, you know, throwing events is difficult. But then having those two components of being B two B and consumer, it's kind of two different audiences. What goes into yeah. like you know one thing kind of reaching both of those crowds and then also curating like this cohesive event that still caters to both of them. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I've been doing events for a long time and there is always a playbook, but man, there is no playbooks in cannabis. Like I kind of thought I knew what I was getting into when I got into the cannabis space. I didn't. Um, so like really knowing your audience, like you can't put on a traditional B2B event that you could do in other spaces and think the cannabis community um, is going to like feel it. So really kind of thinking through every piece of that. And then, yeah, it's a big, it's a big mix. It's people in, you know, suits and ties on Wednesday, but then there's also people like, you know, maybe you may show up in shorts for the cannabis business conference and that's fine. Like everyone's welcome. And then the consumer, I would say 90% of everyone at Lyft gets it. They get why we want the consumers at the event. Like in the end, even if you're in the B2B space, the consumers drive everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's all about getting the product into the hands of the consumers. And I think all of us, whether you interact with the consumer or not, we have a responsibility to educate the consumer and to normalize cannabis. So any sort of event where you say the consumer's not welcome, even if they're not somebody's buyer, to me, for our event, it doesn't work. And the consumers bring in the retailers. The consumers bring in the brands and those people that say, I don't know if I want to see the consumers. They want to see the retailers and the brands. So like, it's a circle and it never stops. So I think you just have to put it in perspective. And then for us, we just have to make sure there's product and there's content for both sides. So we do more of our consumer facing content um, on Saturday. Um, so I don't think it's that hard to mix it when you really think about the ecosystem and what drives the cannabis community. Maybe no. I'm oversimplifying it, but that's our take. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. Much like I said, I asked the first question, I, you know, it's all about the plant as far as this industry, the, the plant runs it. But, you know, again, there's there's a there's a, a product, a medicine, whatever you want to classify it as, because, again, people different people classify as different things. And there's the person that is consuming it or purchasing it. Right. And, and those are the two most important components of this entire thing. Um, and I think it's invaluable to be around consumers, even even. It, executives right look at data and might talk to to gms or or people that work in dispensaries and get the feeling from them but there's nothing quite like 
seeing consumers, whether they're at an event, engage with brands and hear the questions they're asking, hear the level of education they're at, or just being in a dispensary and just being a fly on the wall and hearing, again, hearing those questions, like it just shows you where things are at. Because in the industry, the majority of us in the industry, we see the data, we see the reports, we live in this bubble. And then we are consumer, a lot of us are consumers too, but we're such top end snobby well-educated consumers which the vast majority of consumers are not right you need to break out of that bubble i mean you said all of that so well and then to me it's fascinating the diversity of the consumer because i'm thinking about myself not maybe in the mid 90s but the early 2000s thinking i was this consumer but i wasn't like the rest of the consumers and what I see at Lyft and what I saw in Toronto, you have boomers, you have people using it for health and wellness. We had a, a podcast that was about like moms and cannabis. We've got the 20 somethings that like, you know, it's just about the culture and I want to get high. Like the diversity of the consumer audience is fascinating. And I think as a, as a cannabis community, we try to talk about how inclusive we are. So I get a tiny bit frustrated when I hear certain aspects and it's very little at Lyft say, well, the consumer isn't for me. Why are the consumers here? And I'm like, that's the opposite of what we're all trying to do here. Well, that's, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't, again, back to it. It doesn't matter if you're servicing the consumer or not. The plant and the consumer are the foundation. Man. They're it's servicing the you. They're yeah. servicing you, even if it's not directly. So get on board. That's not quite how I said it, um, but you know. <laughs> But I mean, it, 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 you're, you're an online e-com menu provider. Right? Or, I mean, I guess that's different because consumers use that. But like you're a POS company or you're a text message service. Sure, your audience of what you want to reach are dispensaries, right? Delivery companies. You want to reach B2B. That I get it. You, The consumer is not your customer, but the consumer is their customer. And what the consumer does with them completely trickles down into what you're doing. Agreed. I just say, hey, we've got this really cool event and like the consumers, the cherry on top, like completing the ecosystem. Yeah. Pick pick up that game from the consumer. So I know you guys also do this uh, Bud Tender Masterclass. What, yeah. is, what does that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked about Bud Tenders. Why didn't I just tell you about our whole Bud Tender program? Because we're really it. proud of it. And we think the Bud Tenders are, I don't, I'm tired of using the word underserved. Is it underappreciated? underpaid. I don't know what it is, but we feel like they're on the front lines and they have a really tough job. And it, I think it was my first lift. Someone was telling me like, I can barely get off work. Um, I'm not paid to come here. My employer doesn't pay for the cost of a ticket. I had to take public transportation or drive or pay for parking and it's expensive. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm not sure we've really been thinking about this community, right? So it was pretty simple. We put a Bud Tinder program together. They're the only group that comes to Lyft for free. They don't pay a dollar. Um, we do education for them, the Bud Tinder Masterclass. Um, we either do or we partner with someone, um, which AdCan did it in Toronto, a killer Bud Tinder after party called Bud Bash. Um, and then we do a big bud tender lounge on the show floor. So they feel welcome, invited. They've got a meeting place, really cool furnishings, just a place to hang. And then we did bud tender scholarships. So we awarded 30 scholarships for new and upcoming people in the industry to get their cancel certification. So same thing, kind of like the consumer, like we think the bud tender in Canada, they are 
they are the people that get the product in the hands of the consumers. And it's like so much knowledge they have to have about these products. And we just always wonder if they get the recognition they need. So we try to show them a little bit of love and um, it, it worked. We had so many show up in Toronto um, for Lyft. I love that because I mean that you, you the one of those first things that you mentioned, right? Like they're not getting paid to be there. Most people that are in in, in the corporate side of cannabis, right, or have a salary job, right? You're getting paid while you're out there. But tender, yeah. you're only getting paid if you're rocking a shift, right? That's the only way you make money. Um, so to go to these industries, uh, these industry events, further your education, further your awareness and exposure to the different parts of the industry, career pathways, products, brands, right? Yeah. It's definitely valuable, but it, it, it can be a burden for someone that's obviously working an hour, more hourly wage, right? Yep. So just trying to lessen that burden and basically say, we see you um, and you're welcome here and you're invited and you're appreciated. And then hopefully we can get the brands. It's really tough for brands right now, but we need more brands at the event supporting those same efforts we're doing with the bud tenders, because I know that's who they come to see and that's who they want access to. And we delivered, I think, almost a thousand bud tenders wow. in Toronto, which just is insane to me. I'm grateful, yeah. but it's insane. Yeah, that's a lot. No, that's, that's awesome that you guys are putting that priority on that. And, and something else that I saw that, that in the programming that stood out to me, I know obviously I had the keynotes and, and, and like you said, co different content and panels going on. One of the ones I liked was the, it just stood out to me. I mean, I wasn't there, so I, I don't know the basis of it, but it was the legacy, uh, legacy consumers to like the legal market, just because yeah. I think there's so much talk, especially in this B2B bubble that we alluded to of this, you know, the, the can of curious crowd, the, the, Hey, there's this potential market out there that has a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people and a lot of buying power, but they don't know about cannabis. And me as a long time, you know, I'll just call it weed dealer, right? Like <laughs> someone who sold weed for a long time. Sure. I was not looking for who can I go introduce weed to the first time and make yeah. a consumer. I was looking for people that already smoked weed and preferably the more weed they smoke, the better of a consumer yeah. for me. Um, so Easy there's, sell. there's not a lot of focus. So that just stood out to me. So I, 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 I don't know what that one was about, but I, I really thought that that was dope that you guys put an emphasis on talking about that. Cause that's something I feel like I talk about a lot, but I don't see very often. Well, and thank you. And then that's kind of why to me, the food and beverage piece is so fascinating. So you're thinking about some of these, I mean, someone was telling me, I think about their, their mom and like, you know, a 70 or 80 year old who was really curious about cannabis. I think it was for pain management and like really believed in it. But if you've never smoked a cigarette or if you've never smoked cannabis, imagine being 75 years old and being like, okay, I'm doing this for health and wellness and I'm getting ready to light something up. Like there are other pathways for people who aren't comfortable smoking. People are used to eating or drinking. And the idea of like, you know, having stuff in an F&B to me is super exciting. And I think that's a way to get way more people into the space in a way that they're comfortable with. Like, you know, it's meet the consumer where they want you to meet them. So I think the F&B space um, with responsible infused F&B is super, super interesting. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's Even a lot if I'm a smoker, I actually don't like edibles and I don't want infused F and B. I'm a smoker, but for others, I think it's just, it's a different, a different path for them. Definitely a, 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 an easier pathway into cannabis. Absolutely. Um, and, and so coming up, obviously you guys got San Francisco here, August 2nd through 4th. Yeah. That's the, that's the next iteration of Lyft. Um, what, what, what can people expect for that? And then is this the, have you guys done a previous show in San Francisco? Is this the first one? No, this is the first lift. So there was a previous entity called the Cannabis Business Summit. Mm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. It had been around for a few years in California. So this is really kind of a, I don't want to say a resurrection. It's it's that event, um, like honor, honoring the legacy, legacy of that old event, but then refreshing it with kind of the modern feel that I think Lyft has. It was the same team and the same group doing these two um, cannabis events in Canada and the U.S. And we were like, it only makes sense to kind of, it is becoming a global marketplace. So let's do everything under the Lyft brand and it'll be the first time for Lyft in the U.S. And then there hasn't been a large scale event in California from the one that was there since 2019. So just trying to th take some of the really cool things we've been doing in Canada and see what applies to what's going on in the U.S. and the California market and then tweaking for that necessary space. So for us, it's going to be about kind of community, gathering the local West Coast crowd, content, networking, engaging, super informal but professional, um, bud tenders, consumers, a ton of retailers there hopefully in California. So a pretty similar um, format with maybe a local California twist. We're doing an official, um, we started off with the Diners Club in Toronto, like a small little foray into infused F&B, and we're doing an official um, conference at Lyft. It's called Taste at Lyft. So it's a infused food and beverage conference, doing a little bit around the investment space also, which is different than what we did um, in Toronto, but just it's a global marketplace. And we want to be a part of it and we want to be a part of the original kind of cannabis community in California. So dipping our toe in um, in August on the West Coast and we're super, super excited. Well, you know, San Francisco, I always tell everyone, San Francisco reminds me of Vancouver, you know, even even more so than I, you know, I live in the Seattle area. They, they all kind of a familiar vibe, but San Francisco and Vancouver just remind me somewhat of one another. Uh, different parts of it. They're obviously their own unique spaces. Um, yeah, the so. water, the scenery, like, yeah, I well, I'm from Dallas, so like all of that's super exciting to me, but I would agree. I think they're both absolutely beautiful cities, and you've got like kind of this modern city feel, but surrounded by absolutely beautiful landscapes. So two of my favorite cities. I, I love Toronto, too. Don't want to leave Toronto out, but west coast the, there the, the t dot yeah i mean yeah the west coast and the, the bay area specifically that's just like the epicenter of just i mean like yeah i was talking about good weed comes from states touching the or areas touching the pacific yeah. ocean but the best weed comes from the bay area you know i i can't argue you know that's it, that again i don't make the rules man it just is what it is yeah we were uh, drawn there we were drawn to san fran no, oh, no, that that'll be awesome. Um, so yeah, it's August second through fourth at the Moscow Convention Center. Yeah. Um, but in, anything else, Lindsay? I really appreciate your time. Anything else you'd like to plug before we get you up out of here? No, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's been a crazy ride. I, I, it's been a year for me in cannabis, and I thought I knew what I was getting into. I didn't. 
I thought I knew about cannabis from a consumer standpoint. The business aspect is super complex and it's just a super amazing community to be a part of. And I know me and the other people and my team that work in it are grateful to be a part of it. Someone said it at Lyft, Lyft Vancouver, they said it's not, cannabis is not an industry, it's a movement. And it was just really simple, but it kind of resonated with me. So maybe I'll leave it, leave it at that. It's not, a, it's not an industry, it's a movement. movement. And then, so yeah, for people out there that want more information, I know liftexpo.ca, that's the website, correct? You can go to liftexpo.ca or liftevents.com. We didn't want to like piss off any of our Canadian or US people, so we have both. <laughs> well, CA, I know that's kind of Canadian, but you know, it's also the California, you know, I, CA. So it honestly boom. works for I both, like it. Man. Great plug. I like yeah. it. <laughs> awesome. Lindsay, well, I really appreciate you. For everyone out there tuning in, if you're watching on YouTube, so the subscribe button is somewhat underneath Lindsay over there. Go ahead and mash that. Leave a comment. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, definitely like this. Follow this. Check out some old episodes. Stay tuned for new stuff coming soon. This is the Respect My Region RMR podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in. And again, thank you again, Lindsay.